0: Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. Welcome back to another episode of Other You. I am your host, as the intro stated, Dee. Today on the show, my guest is an artist. She sculpts jewelry, she's a writer. She is a Columbia College alum. Um, she's a former employee at the Chicago Sun Times. And you guys remember newspapers? Those things that were talking <laughs> to your house.
1: <laughs> that's that's cold.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, Jean Williams.
1: Hi, Daniel. Hi.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much
1: for being here. Nice. It awesome. is absolutely my pr- pleasure and thank you for that um immediate laugh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: ah, good times. Good times. Mm-hmm. So, how have you been? I mean, it is it is new year for everyone else. This is uh the second week of January 2021. Um what happened? Do you guys know? I don't I have no idea what happens <laughs> in the next couple months because uh, <laughs> this is taped prior to that. So, uh, how have you been? How have you been? How is the the onset of well the the pending fall um shaking out for you
1: um well i, I feel like these are the times where we all feel we all figure out what we're made of and that's mm. no different for me um mm. i'm hanging good like a lot of people are mm. um i feel even with uh lots of issues uh apple cart upsetting kind of issues mm. fallout from this worldwide situation I feel blessed because I'm still standing, knock on wood, Mm -hmm. still knock on wood in good health, got food in the refrigerator, lights on, you know, and that every day feels like a precarious situation. Mm -hmm. But in this moment talking to you, it's all good. So (laughs) I'm glad to
0: hear. I'm glad to hear. One of the one of the things I enjoy. Um following you on social media is when you have, uh, the today in downtowns where you tell yeah experiences. I always enjoyed those little yeah. snippets of what you're getting up to and all the nonsense that you get to like come across, you know,
1: as yeah. you, you know, downtown. you know, that's so funny because it was like, that was really just kind of, um, a serendipitous kind of phrase I threw out there and just kind of went with it. And I wasn't even thinking people would tell me, that they enjoy, but people would tell me, "You should be blogging this. This is fun." Blah, blah. Yeah. And I never, I never actually. So the Facebook posts mm-hmm. are in effect like blogging to my Facebook audience, but yeah. I never took it. I never took it beyond that. um I am moving. I move like molasses. <laughs> I'm moving. I'm working on a website uh, mm-hmm. uh, for, for the Jane Williams Studio, right. which it's it, probably, for me,
0: it'll, it'll probably be up by now. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. Ex,
1: ex, exactly. I'm hoping. Me too. Since I, since I paid for a whole year of, uh, you know, hosting out right. and I'm just, the clock is just ticking and I'm right. still, you know, tinkering, but I see it as a catch-all for anything I might do creatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, largely my jewelry making, mm-hmm. um, which I started three years ago, but, um, it, there's a blog function on there. And I think that I will kind of treat that more like a general space for creativity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I don't know that the today in downtown Chicago uh, kind of, you know, refrain will end up in that, but maybe Mm -hmm. that'll start my blogging, blogging about creativity might lead me to, uh, you know, the today in downtown Chicago kind of works when you're able to get out and about, more and actually stop at this new bookstore or oh look I just stumbled upon a free concert in Millennial Park and I met this interesting character that's kind of where you know because I live in downtown Chicago it kind of it kind of organically came out of that and so um but it's I still can use it obviously because stuff is still happening I look out my window every day and there's there's protest right on my block or what have you. Um, Mm -hmm. so it still works, but yeah, thank you for appreciating that. That that makes me smile.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Those were fun. Those were fun. It was, it was always, when I, when I first started catching them, I was, there was part of me thinking like it was one of those like, Oh, here we go again. Uh, here's another (laughs) thing that I experienced. And then I started reading them and I was like, Oh, you dummy. She's not complaining. She's literally just saying, Here's some stuff I experienced. Check it out.
1: (laughs) I mean, you you live in a place like this and I don't have a car and I live downtown. So I'm, you know, most of the commuting I do um, in the vicinity is on foot. And I love walking. I really, that's what I hate about this uh, pandemic and the, you know, waning days of summer that we're in currently as we're speaking Mm -hmm. is is I couldn't get out and walk to the museum campus and walk over to Navy Pier or walk you know sometimes I would walk as far as um up there i can't think of the actual name i keep i can only think of the funny nickname to viagra triangle well, ah. you know what i'm talking about oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. yeah. you know walk up there to the Barnes and noble and just yeah. see see the folks hanging out and that was my exercise i don't right. i don't have a gym membership I, you know hit the weights
0: no i just doing that at home CrossFit.
1: <laughs> i just i just ride my feet there you, you know just yeah through downtown and it's such an interesting city in the summertime. It's an interesting city altogether, all but in yeah. the summertime, you just do not know while you're out there, what you're going to run into, you know, right. you might run into somebody walking a cat on a leash right. or which I have, you know, or somebody dancing in a gorilla suit. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, you have all these street performers. It's just, it was, Uh, Who knows what it would become this time next year. It was such a rich cast, cast of characters just waiting for the observant, you know, writer. Mm. (laughs) For those of you listening,
0: when she says that she lives in downtown, she lives in the Eastern part of the, almost the halfway point between the South and the North where the financial district is, the main shopping district, Michigan Avenue. That is what we in the city call downtown. A lot of people that live in the suburbs, they might say, oh, I'm going downtown. But they just, they mean they're just literally coming to the city.
2: Oh. Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's an interesting thing.
0: But we okay. here in the city, we say, oh, downtown. We know exactly the loop and the, the area surrounding that.
1: The kind of um, the main commercial mm-hmm. uh, and government uh, strips, which yeah. is funny, you know, I haven't grown up um, in New Orleans. Uh, we call that part uptown. So it, it took me some getting used to uh, uh-huh. to think of this. Yeah. and So now my brain, when I speak of New Orleans and, that, you know, the, the Canal Street and mm-hmm. where all the hotels and uh, Bourbon Street I think, oh, downtown, but then I'm, I am go, oh, that's uptown. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a, I guess it's actually probably, I guess, I don't know, is it geographically based when people say that? Um, I never was sure about why it's uptown or downtown. Yeah. It must be that it has some geographical basis
2: right. and not
1: just some collo- some colloquial basis. Right. There's a difference.
0: I don't know. I mean, it doesn't like for Chicago. I I feel like the majority of Chicago is built from the South up. Right. Mm hmm. So.
1: Well, or the East out.
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah.
1: On the (laughs) the lake. From the the lake going West. I mean, this place is in my experience and understanding of place. Mm -hmm. And I've been, I've actually now been here in my life longer, although I'm a transplant, I've been in the Midwest and Chicago longer than where I'm, I'm a native to, which is New Orleans, Louisiana. Hmm. And Chicago, I think is famously uh, plotted out. Uh, what is the dividing line between North and South? Uh, Madison? State and yeah. State and Madison. Yeah. So state,
0: yeah, state is the zero East and West and Madison is the zero North and South.
1: And so I, I pretty much heard that and learned that immediately coming here. And mm-hmm. it makes things, it, I'm geographically challenged. <laughs> and so that I really am.
2: Yeah.
1: And so that helped a person like me to be oriented in place. Yeah. Whereas a place I grew up all my life. I have no idea what's north, south, and east, and west in New Orleans. No, <laughs> we didn't talk in those terms. Wow. We didn't talk in terms of uh, south side, north side, east side, yeah. west side. I got it's, you. it's a totally different, totally different lines of demarcation and the way mm-hmm. people understand those things.
0: Yeah. When but I. Yeah, I love. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, when, when I, I visit I, my. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we keep trying. You go. Ahead. You go, go ahead. Okay, I'll go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I live downtown, downtown. That's right. all I was going to say. Gotcha.
0: Here. Yeah, whenever I go visit my wife, and having grown up in Chicago and spent a lot of years, most of my life, I want to say in Chicago, even though I did a whole bunch of traveling in my uh, 20s, um, I have grown accustomed to knowing where things are in relation to the north, south, east, west. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chicago makes it easy to. Find out where you are and how far from what you are, just based on the numbers, like 3,900 north, you know. Okay. So I'm 39 blocks north of Madison Street, which is the zero, right? Mm-hmm. But whenever exactly. I go to visit my wife in Ohio, I have no idea. I can see the sun <laughs> and I have no idea what direction I'm facing. I'm like, what is even happening right now? What? Right. Yeah. It's not at all built. Like all the roads are windy and everything is, you know, X number of minutes away. So I'm just like, I don't.
1: Um, yes, that's that's the reality of of how I grew up, and I, I'm not sure, but I've I've heard that the two places in America where you have that clarity would be like the Washington D.C. area mm-hmm. um, and Chicago, mm-hmm. that they are so um, like super mindfully, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, there,
0: there are parts of New York City that are like that too, where oh yeah the the, the cities are numbered so you know which you know
1: yeah i would imagine new york would have that kind of yeah
0: but not boston boston is the exact opposite boston's like if you've ever seen like peanuts cartoons where they're trying to show how the characters are angry and there's just like that squiggly that yeah that's that's boston
1: I've never been to Boston. Oh, man. I know that's the old, old world. I mean, so is New York. You know, it was early colonies and Mm -hmm. everything. But uh, Massachusetts would be even older, right? Yeah. In terms of the the genesis Mm -hmm. of this uh, country. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yep. Well,
0: speaking of locations, I feel like based on what we talked about, that sounds like it has some to do with your decision. Let's um let's uh-huh. get to that. What is the decision that we are going to discuss?
1: Uh, the decision we're about to discuss is the dilemma I faced uh what was that circa 2000 2001 I had left Chicago and moved to the West Coast. I had moved to Los Angeles with the intention of remaining there. I used School. I was in uh, grad school at, at Columbia College here in Chicago, and they had a program called Semester in LA, mm-hmm. and um, I enrolled in that program because they had a satellite campus in Studio City, okay. um, in the I think that's the Valley, in the Valley, Studio mm-hmm. City. On the CBS studio lot, so it was like a satellite campus. You know, we, we were in trailers on that lot, and uh, there was a guy named older gentleman named Bob Anrieto who ran that program and actually helped found it. And um, I was an older film student; um, it was grad school, but I was in my early thirties. Mm. And uh, there was there was there were some other and In that program, there were people who were comparable of that age, but the, the folks who were in that LA semester program were from like undergrad. They were film students from the undergrad program. So they were in their early 20s and I was like a decade older than them. But I wanted to do that program because it just seemed to make sense intuitively to go out to LA if you wanted to be involved in film mm-hmm. and study there. And so it was like a course and I went with the intention of pretty much not coming back <laughs> huh. like I wasn't going to finish the program I was going to just let that be my launching pad mm-hmm. into living in Los Angeles so I had a friend who lived in Inglewood at the time okay. and I crashed on her um on her floor basically oh wow while, and I had my car um shipped out there. I I flew out there and then I had my car, uh, shipped out there by train. Um, and, uh, so I could drive myself from Inglewood to Studio City every day for this course, which lasted, I can't remember now a month, month and a half, Mm. maybe two semester in LA. And, uh, but my intention, like I said, I wasn't coming back to Chicago. And uh so I I used that time to get an apartment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I had boxed up all my belongings, and I found a guy on the south side. At the time, I had um I don't know where I met this guy, but he had his own truck, and that's what he did. Uh, he would move people. Mm. and uh he he put all my stuff in the truck before I left and he sat on it until for me until I got my place and then I told them when to come out and and everything so I moved into this little cute um, studio apartment I was paying 800 something dollars this is so many years later I hear it is just like phenomenally expensive to live in in LA now and I'm guessing that apartment is probably
2: probably
0: triple at this point
1: Probably, yeah. um it had little French windows and vaulted steel. It was old architecture, but it was really
2: mm-hmm.
1: charming. And I thought that's where I was going to be. So the semester went well. I had an internship during that time, mm-hmm. like a block down the street at uh, I was at Sixth and Cloverdale. Nice area, like the, it's called the Miracle Mile. Okay. Um, and uh i was like a block i don't i think a block west of la brea and wilshire so okay. i was walking distance from like the la brea tar pits,
2: right
1: and i think that i think the la county museum was somewhere in that area hmm. but i was not even a block away from the offices of um producer Ruben cannon who um, I ended up doing an internship. Bob Arrietao, I befriended Bob Arrietao. Rest his soul. He passed away. Mm-hmm. He really liked me, um, and he, you know, it was a free. I didn't. It was a. It was a non-paid kind non-paid of thing. Job. But yeah. yeah, but you know, Ruben Cannon was working with Oprah Winfrey. He was a casting director out of Chicago, um, and his offices were right near my apartment. John Malkovich had offices in that building too. No kidding. Uh, yeah, it was, it was L.A. was funny because that was what they did in that town, and so you know, you'd be sitting at a Starbucks and this stuff or Barnes and Noble cafe or something, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, that's William H. Macy. He's just ordering a coffee. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. it was it was like that, um, and then you know, I'm in the the Beverly center. And I'm like, is that Conrad Bain from different Strokes? Whoa. Like just weird sightings like that. Wow. Um, and so I thought I went out there with money in the bank. I think I might've had like 15 grand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought I will surely find a job. Right. And right. This, so this money is a little starter kit. It'll tide me over till I find a job. And I also still had like some freelance writing and editing work back here in Chicago, okay. uh, entertainment industry type writing for Indigo Maga paper. They would pay me a little bit and mm-hmm. some other little freelance stuff. But that money quickly ran out and I was not finding work. Oh, wow. And, um, it got really tight. Like I was sneaking out the back door because <laughs> the, the landlord was right on the premises, right? It's oh. not like here in Chicago where my landlord, I'm in printer's row and my landlord is in Lincoln Park. Right. It's like the leasing office was right, right there at the front door. So if you were like late on a rent or something, you had to walk by that office like, hey, Miss Williams. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I literally towards the end of it was like sneaking out the back door, trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to get the rent? Wow. And so then the writing just appeared on the wall. This is not sustainable. I wasn't able to find work mm. and all that jazz. And so I'm like, I have to make this decision. Um, you know, I, I called home and I was like, Ma, I need a little money. And she just, oh, if you know my mother, which of course you don't. Mm-hmm. She just flew into mama mode, right. which is, oh, my God. My child is all the way out there on the West Coast. She can't take <laughs> care of herself. Yeah, Here's what we're going to do. No, 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 mama. But she was like moving me back home already. Oh, wow. This is, this is what you're going to do. You're going to get a double and if you know anything about New Orleans mm-hmm. and its architecture, they have these shotgun houses. They call them doubles
2: mm-hmm.
1: where all of the uh, rooms just, they're just, they go back to back to back. It's just like um, a straight line. You have your living room and then behind your living room, you just walk straight through the house. They're yeah. like really. Yeah. So she, she was planning I mean, and just dragged my sister into it. She was like, you're gonna we're gonna get a double you're gonna live on one side and your sister's gonna i'm like no mama no 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 so (laughs) mama's been trying to get me home ever since i moved away some 20 something years ago she's still trying to especially every this pandemic she's like now are you coming home i'm like now's the
0: time baby come on
1: (laughs) (laughs) right and i'm like uh not unless i have to right and um so anyway, the dilemma was I had given up my apartment here in Chicago. The dilemma was, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna return to you know ground zero of my life? Um my native New Orleans mm-hmm. um and get a double with my sister, mm-hmm. who was like, how the hell did I get pulled into this? <laughs>
2: yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> it's not fair. Isn't that why, why, why? <laughs> um or am i going to somehow go back to chicago and i chose to come back to chicago um oh, okay. Okay. and the only reason that was even feasible is cuz i still had a boyfriend here mm. who had said he was going to move to la but he never did uh and it it was a year into it by then i'd been there a year and so um I didn't have the kind of friendships established where I could just move in with somebody in LA and just kind of, you know, wing it until better days. And and also what I'm leaving out is September 11th happened while I was out there. And Uh, so that was a time of economic setback, recessionary times. And that is, I can't really, it reminds me now that I'm talking about it of these times because I came really close to getting a job with the Hollywood reporter as a copy editor. Okay. Um, but somebody wrote better headlines. (laughs) I, I was told, you know, I had to take a writing test and, uh, that was it when I didn't get that job, I was out of money and out of time. And, um, so I decided to come back here. My boyfriend at the time had a place So I was able to move in with him temporarily until I could get back on my feet here in Chicago and get my own place again. Um, Mm -hmm. And so eventually that same gentleman with the the rig. um, He came out to LA
0: and picked up all your stuff.
1: I had put my stuff in again, in a holding pattern. My friend Greg um who lived in Lambert Park had a garage and he he took my car i parked my car at his place and i put my boxes in his garage and then i can't remember the gentleman's name but again he when i was ready we timed it he he was going to be on the west coast so he went to Greg's house and he mm-hmm. put my car in his rig too which i didn't realize he could do at the first time around cuz i paid an extra fee Uh, to some transport company to put it on the train. Um, I had gone all the way to Joliet for that. Mm. But um, this gentleman put my my car and my boxes in his rig and then he drove my stuff to Chicago Mm. um, to uh, the south side where I was living with my boyfriend. And then my stuff ended up in my boyfriend's basement. And I lived with him until I got a place in Jefferson Park,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which was north, a very kind com- the,
0: the north side, northwest side of the, of the city.
1: Yeah. And I'm African American. That was like a really Polish kind of area. I, yeah. I, I soon saw, uh, it was nice up there. I had a roommate, my, my best friend, Lisa and I got like a two bedroom, two bath apartment. Um, and we lived there a year. And that started my, you know, that was it. That I, I That's how I came back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so collectively I've been here 20 something years. I don't know. It's probably 25, 26 years. I'm 51. So before and, before
0: and after LA we're talking about.
1: Um, Collectively. Yeah. So one of those years was my LA year. Okay. Like, gotcha. like I, I came here after college. Mm-hmm. I graduated from Dillard University. I came to Chicago. Nope, I didn't. I, just, I made a pit stop kidding. in, in Macon. <laughs> <laughs> I made a. It, it was practically just here because I I made a pit stop in Macon, Georgia. Oh, home of James Brown. Yeah, I think James Brown was born there. Uh, 83 miles. I don't know in which direction away from Atlanta.
0: And I'm pretty sure that's South. I think Macon is right, is is very close to the Florida, Georgia line. Right?
1: Now see, I told you I'm horrible with geography. <laughs> I didn't know. I just know that I had a job at the Macon Telegraph, I think it was the newspaper, uh, right out of college. And I got on the road from in a, with a U Haul with some friends and we drove from New Orleans. To my new place on Gray Highway in Macon, Georgia, oh, and nice. I was uh, I'm, a a new reporter.
0: It, it is it's oh. southeast of Atlanta for sure, uh, but it's yeah. near the the Florida Georgia line. I don't know what town there's you a town thinking. in Georgia that I'm thinking of, and I can't remember what it is. It's definitely not Macon.
1: It's uh, not Macon, no. It's, no it's not but Macon. um, I had a new apartment in Macon, mm. and I lived there all of a month. I had new phone service. This was back before cell phones were what we, what they are now. Okay. And I only lived there for a month. I only had that job for a (laughs) month. And what happened was I really was trying to come to Chicago. Um, well, I was looking all over the country. Right. So I needed to leave new Orleans. I had to get out of new Orleans. Like I could not I was that person who was not going to live in my hometown. Sure. I'm the only one of my mother's children who was ever that way. Wow. I knew from a young age that I was going to leave Louisiana. It felt stifling to me. It felt it felt backwards to me, to be honest. <laughs> to just go um, Yeah. No, to stay there. Oh, to stay there. To, to, oh, to, to, stay to, there. Yeah. to be born and raised and live the rest of my life there was not on my agenda. Gotcha. And so as soon as I... Um, I was trying to leave for college, but my mother held on to me really tight. And I almost got away for college, but she somehow reeled me back uh, yeah. because I almost went to Howard University in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I, I I I took a plane to D.C. I, I, I met some girls who they had a program called the Campus Pals. I was living on O Street in like a really tough neighborhood because all that area around Howard was like really tough, right? Yeah. At that time. And I was living with some girls I didn't know. They were just the campus pals. Mm-hmm. And um I was trying to matriculate. I'd done a year at Dillard University in New Orleans. I was trying to transfer to Howard and I couldn't find housing there and I chickened out, but and people who I just met were begging me, don't give up. Mm-hmm. There was no campus housing and I was afraid to live off the campus um, with with strangers, not those girls. They were just letting me help be there temporarily.
0: Gotcha. OK.
1: Um, so I there, there are a couple of tr- tranches I could have taken. I could have still been in D.C. at this point. I could have. Right graduated, I could have been a bison instead of a blue devil, which was our little you know mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh but uh, and making Georgia, I was there for so so I tried to get a job at jet magazine oh. right out of college, yeah, and. I got a form letter because Bob uh, Johnson was on our board of trustees. And so I wrote to him with my resume and I had a good resume at that age <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I I was a, while I was in college, I was a, a, a community news columnist at our hometown paper, the New Orleans times speaking You. Okay. Um, I was working at another newspaper, a black newspaper called um, New Orleans Data News Weekly. So I had two newspaper jobs okay. while I was in college and so um and uh i i then was hired they were going to hire me they were thinking about hiring me uh to be full time but um what am what am i trying to say with uh are
2: you talking about after, at jet yeah right
1: yeah so at 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 jet um i thought maybe Bob might give me a job
2: Gotcha.
1: That at, at, rhymed, I didn't mean for it to rhyme. But um, I got a form letter back saying that there were no openings. And so I had also applied for this job at the Macon paper. And I got that job and I took that job and I went out. So a month into it, <laughs> I was a general assignment reporter at this paper. A month into it, Bob Johnson calls my family down in New Orleans looking for me. Like, where's Gene Williams? And they're like, oh, she lives in Macon, Georgia. So yeah. they call me and they're like, Bob Johnson from Jet Magazine is looking for you. I'm like, really? Huh? So I, he called me, we talked, there was an opening. They literally flew me to Chicago the next day from Macon, Georgia, to interview here in Chicago. Wow! And I was a historic thing because I interviewed with the founder and publisher himself, Mm -hmm. John H. Johnson, and his wife Eunice Johnson, and their daughter Linda Rice Johnson. They were all in the meeting. I was 23. Wow. And um, it was very intimidating, but uh, they hired me. I got the job. Nice. And I had to go back to quit my job after.
0: <laughs> <laughs> go all the way back to Mankin, But Sorry, y'all. I quit.
1: Because uh, uh, I figured if I was ever going to do something that radical, because mm-hmm. that was considered radical back then. I mean, oh. people hop job hop all the time now. Yeah. If I was ever going to do something that radical, I better do it when I'm like 23, and they maybe won't hold it against me out there in the big world.
2: Gotcha.
0: So
1: that's how I ended up in Chicago. I came here to work for Jet time. Magazine.
0: This, this is the first time.
1: This, this is the first time, yes. Okay. I came here the first time to, uh, I can't remember what year that was, uh, but it's been like 26 years that I've been here to work at Jet, Jet Magazine. Okay. So I like Chicago, mm-hmm. and but you, I wasn't sure if I could make it here again. Uh,
0: um, you weren't still working at Jet when you were... Um, when you started taking classes at Columbia, right?
1: No, I only lasted at jet 10 or 11 months. <laughs> oh,
2: okay.
1: So what happened is I lasted 10 or 11 months at jet. I didn't like it very much there, to be honest. Gotcha. Um, although I wouldn't trade it in for anything. Um, mm. one of my coworkers, and he still calls me that to this day, nicknamed me Harriet Tubman while I was there <laughs> <That's me. laughs> uh, because I'm Daniel you know me on Facebook right oh, I sure do. I've always I so sure I've do. been this way right I'm a, I'm kind of like yeah I'm I'm cool laid back and gentle but don't cross me kind of yeah. thing so yeah. uh, I had some 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 issues there mm. um Because it was a very regimented, like, just kind of, to me, draconian sort of setup. Sure. And, um, yeah, it just didn't work for for me. And I I, I was outspoken about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stay and fight anybody over things. I just, I leave.
2: Right, okay.
1: If if it's not working, it's not working. So I'm not going to be here and be considered a troublemaker.
2: Mm.
1: I'm going to say what I have to say and then I'm going to bounce. So I ended up. With a job at the Chicago Sun Times, copy editing. Gotcha. Okay. And okay, I did that for three and a half years, and then I left there, and went on my own for a little while, including starting at Columbia. I figured gotcha. I'd just pursue. Okay, so I'll pursue. Boom. You came to
0: Chicago. You worked at Jet for a bit. It didn't quite work out. You went to Chicago sometimes for a few years. Then you dipped yeah. on that. You started attending school, focused on that. Went to L.A spending here in LA. It wasn't quite working out. And now we're at the point where it's like, okay, what do I go from here? Do I go back home to Louisiana? And mom's calling me home. She heard that I need some help. And so she's like, Oh baby, I got you. You come back home or, you know, do I go back to Chicago and try and make it out? You ended up choosing Chicago. Yes. Okay. Um, let's, Let's talk a little bit about who you were at right before you left LA. Okay. Um, did you have any hobbies that you were into? Did you, were,
1: um, I have always been a writer. And okay. so writing is also my profession and my first love. It's my everything. Awesome. It's my man these days too. Right. <laughs> it's like everything, right? Yeah. I've always written since I, I mean, you know, my people will tell you, I've always written poems. I used mm-hmm. to win essay contests when I was in high school. That was writing has always been my jam. Okay. So it's both a profession and it is, I'm writing a novel right now. So, right. Uh, but other than that, hobbies, hobbies, hobbies.
0: Well, I mean, Not, so we know that you like to, you like to go for walks. You like museums. You've mentioned that a couple of times. Uh, oh,
1: I love museums.
0: Okay. So um, you, you are an appreciator of art. Right? I'm
1: an artist. Okay, I'm an artist I, yeah. I, I am someone who has stumbled into saying that emphatically because uh, obviously, I went to film school. that's sure. what we've been talking about yep. uh, which I didn't necessarily realize at the time is because of the writing again uh, mm-hmm. writing writing like screenwriting, for instance, is totally different from directing at yeah. the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't necessarily. Realize that that the 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 true visionary in a in a lot of ways is the director. But I really went. I probably should have studied screenwriting. um, But I went into a director's program, which is all good, right? I mean, it all it's it's all art and helpful. The artistic process I Hmm. use, even though I studied it in you know cinema directing, I still learned plenty of things that I can um, that has transference, uh, if that's the right word, Mm -hmm. to everything that I do from jewelry making to writing a novel to I do paper sculpture. Right. All of it's all it's all gumbo. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. um, So my hobbies have evolved over the years to those things I just said. Uh, I've always kind of played with paper, but I don't know if I was messing around with paper back back then gotcha. uh i i but evolved in, in one way or another
0: it. it's been artistic expression that is yes has always been a part of who you are okay okay yes exactly is, i can dig that yeah um yeah uh, what about music
1: music okay you want to hear some funny stuff about music I sure do i used to rap
0: <laughs> get out of here you get out of here right now
1: when when I was in high school, my my sister and my one of our friends, our childhood friends, had a rap group called The Main Attraction. Main attraction. I named us. Which sounds more like an R and B group, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we okay, so they started, we we're like 15, 16, right? Okay. So the two of them were really into hip hop, more so than I. I kind of like latched on to them because I'm a control freak and I wanted to do the writing <laughs> and the managing of the group. Right. Okay. And, so, and I, and I have that artistic part of me too, sure, um, yeah. but they had started writing raps. And so um, I was like, here's what we're going to do. Right. I, so I I went in, I was like, we're going to be called the main attraction. We all had names. I was trouble, like trouble clef, trouble MC. I love this. <laughs> My sister was Sugar M. Her name is Marvin L. She's going to kill me when she hears this. <laughs> and our friend, <laughs> our friend Wanda was Princess D. And so um, we used to perform. My brother, rest his soul, I have a late brother, who had a friend who was a DJ, uh, Eddie Gatwright. And Eddie used to take us, we used to go into the projects this is funny remembering mm. we used to go into the desire housing project on the back of Eddie's truck into one of the courtyards um, and he would be DJing and we would have a mic and we would be, you know, we're on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm shocked remembering this that my mama let us go into the projects with, with Eddie. And it was, it was the hood, right? So there were people selling, sure. um, we call them frozen cup bucks. That's a New Orleans thing. That's just some frozen syrup um, that you make into basically kind of like a, it's a frozen treat, basically.
0: Well, I'm sold.
1: A, so there were people out there <laughs> and selling chips and stuff, and we on the mic, nice. but and then we also competed in a couple of competitions. We won a hundred dollars. That's eight country. That's rich.
2: So
0: um, if the, if my math is right, this is like late 80s. Right? Let's see. Yeah. So mid to mid to late 80s. I, you're, you're, yeah, 80, you're rapping. 85. In the, in the I
1: was I was 16 and 85. So yeah. Oh and my
0: um gosh. So it's uh, it's the mid eighties. You three children get slapped with a hundred dollars. <laughs>
1: we got $100 in a hundred dollars in it and then rich. hold on i want to see what a hundred dollars was in
0: 1984
1: uh, oh my god we i got to tell you how i didn't let us enjoy it though
0: okay let's hear it
1: <laughs> i i felt like we needed to use that money to further our career so we didn't go and get ice cream and celebrate because we were trying to see if we could get a record deal you know, we were like yeah. making tapes, uh, tried going to concert. I, I remember handing a tape to um, Damn Master J. Man, you're bringing all the memories back. We went to a, a concert. Was it at the New Orleans Superdome or the UNO Lakefront Arena? And we got, man, I would never do that today. Mm-hmm. We got right up in the front. We would get there super early because it wasn't seating. It was standing room. You had to All somebody had to do was yell bomb and we were dead because we were right up on the barricades, Mm. right in front. I remember Jam Master Jay's sweat falling on me. We were that close to the stage. And at the end, uh, I had a tape in my pocket. And I remember nothing ever became of it, obviously. But we were like that. We were serious about it. Mm. So when you ask about music, I used to write our lyrics. My, you know, my sisters and them. Well, I wrote our lyrics primarily. Songs like Sign In, I had Dizzy Dora Died Hard. What else did we have? I can't remember all of it. <laughs> this is, magic. this is so, magical. so magical. I can't remember all oh. of it, but... um,
0: It's $250 in case you're curious.
1: Is it really?
0: $253.97. So almost two hundred fifty dollars I-
1: well, that was the only money we ever won, but we came really close. We, were, I remember rapping at the Joy Theater. We, we were competing. Wow! And I remember rapping in some radio uh, stations contests and being. I, I think I took the losses most because I, you know.
2: Sure. And then There's I remember there, there we sent the. Right?
1: And I was trying to be the stage mom at the same time right. even though i was the same age but <laughs> i remember we we uh competed in some radio station contest and our friend forgot her her words we would have won i tell you we would have oh. won and the prize was to rap to, to do like a opening i can't remember which famous rapper but you were know you were gonna open was.
0: for somebody you're gonna be an opening we ad. were gonna
1: yeah, we were gonna oh, that or at least or at least get yeah, get to perform on stage oh, like at the UNO Lakefront Arena. And hurts. this girl I went to, I wanna say this girl I went to Gregory Jr. High wanted. Tanya P. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You, you just just you taking me way, way. <laughs> you just open up a can of worms here, right? Mm-hmm. Of memory. And I usually don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, and so at some point. You know, we gave up the the gambit um oh, of trying to be rappers. But I, just, I remember
0: just, just so you know, other Jean has not given up the 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 ghost of being a rapper. So she has hopes and dreams of maybe one day maybe one day still being to, you know, kick it on the mic. Oh my just,
1: god, that just is hilarious. So you know. just, just, so, just so you know. that is hilarious. And you know, my niece is still tease us about that to this day. Appropriate. Like, Appropriate. <laughs> of course. They remember a few lines from sign in. Oh <laughs> I don't. But it it uh it's family it's family lore, it's family oral tradition now to kind of remember <laughs> that's great. Those times. I love uh that. so yeah, so though th- th- you know all right Other things.
0: Um, are quite funny. So uh, were you, were you big into listening to rap at the time?
1: You know, like I said, I, I was more into it because of those creative urges. For instance, today Mm -hmm. I make jewelry. I'd rather make jewelry than wear jewelry. You know, I'm like that. Okay. So um so you didn't I'm you just
0: like put on a record and just like jam out to some writer? Oh
1: yeah oh okay. yeah 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 LL Cool J Um Uh Run DMC the Beastie Boys Um Who else was hot back then um all of them um Okay I'm I'm drawing a blank on the G. fat boys yeah you know Warren. all of them all 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 of them Warren G oh, fat, the fat Boys
0: Boys get out of here I don't the know. fat boys I don't they know. had a movie
1: you remember that? They yes. had a movie. The Fabulous This Orderlies. It's
0: Disorderly's. called orderly. Yes.
1: I think they made they may have made more than one movie. Uh, yeah, I, think I feel they, like they, they ha-
0: I have two memories and of movies in my head from them.
2: Oh my
1: But God. along with that, you had hip hop also extended to like the Force MDs who uh they did RMB. B. Right. You know, they they came off of the like the singing off the subway in New mm-hmm. York. Uh but all of them were kind of, you know, grandfathered into the hip hop community. Uh, yeah, Roxanne, Shantae. I mean, it, I, I do remember we listened to all of that. New Edition. That wasn't hip hop, hip hop, but they were all in that kind of realm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, back in the day when people right. would, you know, you would they would include raps in their R and B back then. Okay. Remember that? Oh, like,
2: yeah. oh yeah,
1: yeah. Cause yeah, had, for instance, you had like boys to men, and that one dude didn't really sing. He, <laughs> he was just, just a deep voice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah and he was right. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. yeah. For sure. So it was, it was, it was kind of a um, uh, kind of a cross pollination yeah. back then of like R and B and hip hop. Uh, you know, because I think when you look at like Bell, Bill, DeVoe, those guys, yeah. They were like a Adam's Rib out of New Edition, mm-hmm. and they were more, were more in a hip hop kind of, yeah, um, R and B mix up mash up, yeah, but yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, so hip hop and R and B, okay, were the things There's back the then.
0: Hip hop and R and B, okay, I can do that.
1: Um, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, well, I've expanded since then.
0: Okay, yeah, but, um, but we're just let's back then. Yeah, we're just trying to focus on. Like back then L.A. Gene.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, What was a what was a typical routine for you like um, at that time? Did, did you spend mo- Yeah. Did you spend most of your time? So let's let's talk about after you finished your program right in your head. You're like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to this is where I'm going to make my home. You did a little bit of an internship for a while. Um, what was life like after that in the days, let's say in the in the three months leading up to you actually going back to Chicago? Um, what was a typical day? Did you spend most of your day looking for work? Were you hoping for just that one job at the Hollywood Reporter? I mean, what? I what mean, it, you... it's
1: all kind of a a, a mishmash in my mind in terms of laying it out uh, uh, towards towards like the end and everything. I remember sneaking out the back door towards the end, um, mm-hmm. like trying to avoid the landlady and things right. like that. But yeah, I was. Um, I can't remember. There was like a book and I can't remember the name of it with production companies. And so I, I was pouring through that book, writing letters, um, okay. trying to get a job anywhere. Um, uh, and I remember I got a call back from, oh, what is her name who used to play on Laverne and Shirley? Uh, Penny um, Marshall. Pen, Penny Marshall's company called me yeah. back, uh, from one of the letters I sent, but I didn't ultimately end up Hmm. getting a job with them. Um, And so, yeah, I was looking for work. Nothing was coming of it. I did get that one shot at copy editing, uh, potentially copy editing. That was towards the end of my time there. Copy editing with the Hollywood Reporter. I went in, took a test, didn't end up getting the job. Mm -hmm. And, um... I think my time with Ruben Cannon might have been towards the end as well, and so okay. I would. It so was you, literally half a block away. Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So you you were if if that if you did that your internship toward the end of your time in L.A. Part of your routine was like going to that job and just just work. Let
1: me let me think about interning. this. Was this? It it may have been middle towards the end. Yeah. So I would. Uh, it was, it wasn't full time. I would go down there a couple of days a week. Um, and, you know, it was so funny when I think about it, like the woman who is now head of casting for is it NBC, one of the big networks. Um, she was also she was working for him kind of like um, consulting freelancing but she was younger than I am mm-hmm. and it turned out we had gone to the same college still university but we didn't know each other until we met in, um, in LA and uh, she was she was working in that office so I got I, I got to spend a couple of days a week there mixing it up with I mean she wasn't where she is now right. mixing it up with with people who went on to do interesting and really great things. Cool. And I had hoped that that would translate into me being able to get a job then, but uh nothing doing. So I was spending my time doing a lot of worrying, a lot of looking for mm-hmm. work. You couldn't park on the street. There was so I had my car and I used to have to get up on street cleaning days really early. Mm. Uh, to move my car, and there was nowhere to park your car, mm. um like what was weird back then is there were no garages where you could say, "I'm going to pay two hundred dollars to have a space." It was weird. Uh, l a yeah. was weird, so I would have to get up on street cleaning days, and I would go to this little diner about a mile away to um it'd be like seven o'clock in the morning. Wow. And I would go there and get pancakes, eggs, and sausage, and some coffee, and just kind of lounge around till the street cleaning time was over. Wow! And I was in that diner when September 11 happened. I remember that because whoa, um, in the diner. because well, when you think about it, L.A. and and New York have what? How many hours in between um, uh, time difference?
0: Three, three hours difference. Yeah.
1: And so those planes were hitting, those planes had already hit, or they, let me think about it. If it was like 7.30 in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, it's like 11 o'clock on the West Coast, I mean, on the East Coast. Right. So I remember uh, LA was still asleep, basically.
0: Oh, yeah. you were, So 8.46 was, it looks like, the the first one hit. At eight
1: forty six a.m. So I so if it's eight forty six a.m. What time is it?
0: So that's five a.m. That's almost six a.m. for you.
1: So I got up an hour after to move my car, and I mosey on down to the diner. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, there's a TV screen up, uh, you know, above the uh, where the where the wait staff and everything. And I'm looking at it, and pe- everybody in the diner is like, "What in the you know what is?" Is this? And I just remember feeling threatened because remember they were like, oh, they're hitting. We thought, okay, they're going to hit L.A. next. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Like, yeah, they're they're going to hit the big city. So I remember everybody in my family being worried like you're out there by yourself. You know, who are they going to do? We thought they were going to be like, you know, uh, all kinds of you know, viral warfare. We didn't know what was happening. So yeah. it I did feel very threatened towards the end. Hmm. Um, wow. Let me see. Yeah, so I think that might have been right before I was about to bust on out of there wow. and, and go back to wherever I was going to go back to, either to New Orleans or back here to Chicago. Right. And I worked it out with my um, boyfriend at the time that I would just come. Just come I didn't have a job. Yeah. Wow. I didn't have a job and I would come because, you know, I couldn't pay rent. So I, he was like, just come stay with me. You'll get something. Right. And, um, I came back and I didn't get anything because I just started freelancing. Oh, okay. And more. And, that was enough for me to get on my feet to where I could move out and I moved in with my friend. Gotcha. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. Did you guys end up breaking up after you came back? We,
1: we ended up breaking up, uh, long after that. Okay. Um, so you guys were
0: were living together, but just as a function of I'm coming back to Chicago, I just need a place to crash. And then when you
1: yeah it, okay. I, we weren't trying to move in together like that. Then he was just like, um, come stay with me because he did he have a roommate at the time?
2: Gotcha.
1: No he 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 was he was it was just him at the time. Uh, uh, eventually he got a roommate, but I had moved out with my own roommate before right. he got a roommate. That's a funny yeah. What so we didn't break up because of, of that. Uh, gotcha. we okay. We broke up years later. Um, gotcha. But if I hadn't had a guy at the time, you
0: might have. I wouldn't have been,
1: like been able. To, Yeah, because I mean, I needed somewhere to put my and if he hadn't had, he had just I think recently, fairly recently moved into that place. Hmm. He was in, he was renting a house with a basement, and if that hadn't been the case, I really wouldn't have unless I was going to pay for storage. I really wouldn't have had anything anywhere to put my stuff. Gotcha. Um, So just just moving in with.
0: I've, I've decided his name is Derek.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> Derek with a C,
0: D-E-R-I-C, Derek.
1: Okay.
2: That is his name.
1: <laughs> okay. i would give you his name, but I, he probably wouldn't, he'd probably be like, why are you not talking yeah, about yeah. me all these years later? Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. No, it, it's, it's uh, fine. We don't need to know his
1: name. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> so just, just in case I throw him in there, I just want you to know, that's, that's who, that's who Derek is.
1: Okay.
2: That's
0: okay. <laughs> is. Is. Okay. Um. Uh, Let's see what were so the the question that I normally ask is like, what were your hopes and dreams at that time? But when I came back or no, this is before you left. So from what we've discussed so far, um, you moved to LA uh, deciding I'm going to live here and work here. Now you've been a writer your whole life. You love writing, love writing. You were uh, in the mood to transition to directing is is that uh-huh. in my okay so you were transitioning from writing to directing in your time in LA that's what you were hoping to eventually do uh is is that is that accurate to say that part of your hopes and dreams for that time when you were in LA and even leading up to when you were leaving was to direct
1: you know it was kind of a period of discovery I still was heavily into writing Mm -hmm. and I would have been happy as a screenwriter as well um okay I I I used to actually call myself the accidental filmmaker um because if you when those early days Mm -hmm. when it was I was like "Ah, damsel in distress on set right (laughs)
2: yeah
1: and I'd be like it's all gonna follow blah 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 okay roll camera right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I remember my friends thinking uh oh, she ain't gonna make it and oh. then my then my films would come out and they'll be like dang you playing us you trying to act like a poser your film is like the best film uh, and I'm yeah. like you know I'm like I wasn't posing that's really was how I felt eventually I won my confidence but I was not directing was a whole other beast from screenwriting screenwriting okay. is uh but i thought i thought you know what good directors make it look easy
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know what
0: so, even good directors like are swimming in anxiety and self-doubt and all that jazz so
1: yeah anybody who's an artist kind of deals with this because yeah. um I mean, good good screenwriters make it look easy. Good yeah. painters make it look easy. So yeah. you know, yeah. Um, but but my aspirations, kind of, I guess, were a hybrid. I wanted to be a screenwriter and and then eventually find my comfort in directing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I know everybody starts at the bottom.
2: Yeah.
1: In, in that system, um, no matter what your film degree means, nothing anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so I thought I would just go out there and get in the trenches and see, you know, you never know what offshoot you would end up in because yeah. people stumble into things. Um, but I thought, well, let me just go. I mean, I was working in a cast stand. Well, Ruben was a casting director and a producer, mm-hmm. but he was primarily Ruben Cannon. He was primarily a, Excellent. um, yeah, but he, he was starting to, uh produce like he he was one of the producers of Spike Lee's Get on the Bus. Hmm, um cool. and some other things. I mean he had cast Oprah Winfrey in the color purple. Oh wow. He had brought her in for that. So I remember um he would have he knew I was a writer.
2: Okay.
1: Um not necessarily the screenwriting part, but he would have me I remember write letters to people like Oprah Winfrey for him. Ah, uh, okay um Okay. Like hey jane can you or he would write it and he would say, Can you look this over or mm. rewrite it for me? Gotcha. And I'm like, I'm writing a I'm writing a letter from Ruben Cannon to Oprah Winfrey. Are you right. kidding me? You know?
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Um gotcha. so if I had stayed, if I had managed to stay, this is what I probably should tell you. Mm-hmm. There's a community there already um, From Chicago, okay. that I tapped into, uh, folks who had graduated from Columbia. And I had a really good friend who I'm still good friends with to this day, my friend Greg King, um, who I had done an internship uh, when I was an undergrad in LA. Uh-huh. So uh, before I moved out there, my first time being in LA ever was when I had this Time Warner internship um, and I met my friend Greg. We were both interns at this place called News Information Weekly Service, which was a Time Warner company. We were both pissed because that's not the internship we wanted. Mm. We applied for Time Warner internships. And then one of my friends, Tracy Collins, I think was his last name from Dillard, was an internship on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I'm like, that oh. should have been my internship, right? Oh, you know? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Damn. But because my background was at that point already in newspapers, they slotted me in this news information weekly service. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, the best
0: makes, thing that, that came
1: sense. out of that was my friend Greg, okay. and we're still friends to this to this day. But there was a community of Chicagoans and stuff like that. And some of those people, 20 some odd years later have come up like, um, Carl Seaton is now directing on Chicago PD awesome. and snowfall. And he's about to direct on the new bat woman. Um, on the CW but show? I was hanging. Yeah. Nice. I was hanging out. I was hanging out those, I was cooking chicken for those guys in my apartment, you know, uh-huh. they, I was hanging out with all of them. They were all struggling.
2: Yeah.
1: And um they stayed out there they were like living together a bunch of guys you know in the trenches and that looking at that arc I I ran into Carl on on Michigan Avenue last summer and I I was like Carl you remember my hair is all gray now you know Uh, (laughs) I used to have straight black hair now it's a gray afro basically and he's looking at me like i don't know you lady <laughs> i was like it's gene remember i lived at cloverdale and six your friend phil lived a block away and we used to... he was like oh yeah he uh-huh. was in town to to direct on td um so if i had managed to stay and then that was reuben cannon who you know gotcha. um who liked me he he i, I knew he liked me um he basically told me so. Gotcha. He told me yeah, I like your spirit. And Bob Rietto was alive. Um, he didn't die until a few years later. Bob liked me, and Bob was Bob had been a producer um, of some sort, like a production manager on like those old TV shows, like Hawaii Five O and right. Man- Manics Dano. and stuff like that. What is yeah, it? you play? know, book them, Dano. Book them, Dano. Yeah. yeah. So he 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 had that sort of, um, you know, background and pull. So I was getting my tentacles and feelers out. So I, so, you know, if I, if I had been able to stay there, although I know you're not looking at that cause I left.
0: Right. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's, but that's, that's the whole point of this is like, it's, it's all about what other gene might've chosen. Maybe she stayed.
2: Maybe she well. It sounds to, like there's
1: so many other genes.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I could be, I could be rocking on the microphone at, at 51 years old right now. <laughs> you could be, you could be,
0: you could have like a wall full of like Grammys and you know platinum <laughs> albums and all kinds of stuff. We, we just we just don't know. So we get to we don't. Yeah. So that then I get to to play around with.
1: Well, this should be fun. That.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and you know what? That being said, I think we have a lot of really beautiful information that we can pull from. Uh, I think we can make a really interesting story about the adventures of others of, of other Gene and, uh, maybe throwing in some Derek in there. <laughs> we'll, we will, we will, see, but definitely you will, uh, just, just so you know, you will definitely be, uh, either wrapping your own lyrics in your, like to yourself or, Maybe I'll throw in some some rap, some Lil Wayne or something like that, some Nelly, whatever was hot right at 2000, end of 2000. Maybe you'll be rapping some of that. Well, we will. We'll have to wait and see. But well, can I tell
1: you a secret? What's that? I still, I'm a big, big, big time dreamer. Okay. And after Hamilton came out, uh huh, I started taking notes in my phone. I want to do a hip hop musical. So
2: do it. Do it. <laughs>
0: Do it. We, uh, we, need, we need more of those. We need
1: more. I mean, those. he started a genre. Mm-hmm. He, we need to populate that genre, right? Yep. So. Do it. I love it.
0: I love it. <laughs> okay. Cool beans. That being uh-huh. said, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to listen to some music. When we come back, uh, we will hear the story that I will have written uh, for Gene. We called Other Gene. And then we will discuss it. Stick around. I can't wait. This concludes Part 1 of Other Gene. To continue the episode, please click on Part 2.